are the guest of honor at a palace in Egypt. You may walk freely through the grounds and don't stop for anyone. You spend half the day asleep. The time you spend awake is spent patrolling your territory and hunting. As a palace cat, you want for nothing. Your soft steps disturb no one as you walk through the palace grounds. It's easy for you to sneak up on mouse and pharaoh alike. When running through the courtyard or hunting mice at night, your feet never make a sound. Like an Indian with moccasins on, your soft pads allow your paws to hit the ground quietly. But hidden inside a sheath are sharp and curved claws. What an amazing trick! God gave you the means to defend yourself twofold, once with your noiseless approach, and next with your lethal claws. Today you are heading over to check in with the Hebrew boy adopted by Pharaoh's daughter. Since he plays within your territory, you like to stop by and see if he has any treats. Today he is out playing near the rushes. You always keep your distance, being an independent animal. As you approach him, you watch him playing with a stick in the water. He plunges the stick into the water and behold, he pulls out a fish. He sees you coming and tosses it your way. You thrill at your good luck and pounce onto the flopping fish. Taking your time, you neatly, methodically eat your lunch. The boy keeps his distance while you finish your meal. He knows you like to eat alone. Your rough tongue helps you in the work of eating the fish. Your tongue scrapes every scrap of meat from the bone and leaves it as clean as if it had been a boiled fish. The boy is amazed at your efficiency. If he could look at your tongue closely, he would see a great number of little hook-like projections which jut backwards toward your throat. These catch and hold on to the meat to tear it away. Your sharp teeth, of course, help you in this work. The molars act like scissor blades, cutting up the meat. Yum! That fish was delicious. Finishing your meal, you walk over to the boy, who is now seated on a rock near the river. He knows you prefer to come to him. He waits quietly, fidgeting with the grass nearby. He doesn't even reach out his hand until you walk by him, rubbing his leg. He scratches your ears and behind your head. That's an itch that's hard to scratch. Your whiskers spread out on either side of your face. The boy were to measure them from tip to tip, it would be the same size as the width of your body. He is always careful around your whiskers because he knows how sensitive they are and how important they are for your hunting. When you squeeze through the garden wall, you must be certain that you can make it through without making a sound. Whiskers help you accomplish this. Poking your head through the hole, you can get your whisker measurement to see that your body can squeeze through the opening. 
It's now time to head back to your favorite spot for a nap. Before you head back to the palace, you spend a few minutes grooming yourself. You like to be well-rested and clean at all times. The boy walks away while you head back to the palace. You climb up into a tree to stay away from the people working. Leaping onto the high wall and onto the ground, you land soundlessly inside the garden wall. Taking your time, you walk through the garden to find your favorite entry hole back inside. You are able to squeeze through tight spaces because you have a compressible rib cage and floating clavicle, allowing you to become smaller at will. Coming up the garden walkway is one of your feline fellows. You raise your tail, as is the custom, and make your greeting. A raised tail is a friendly sign of greeting among cats. It signals friendly intentions. The other cat mirrors your raised tail, and you greet, and then part in peace. Finding just the right spot inside the palace walls, you curl up and take a long nap. That was enough effort for now. But all of that was a long time ago. The ancient Egyptians can be traced from 3150 BC until Alexander the Great conquered in 332 BC. The descendants of that cat and many cats like it are now found in households throughout the world. Today we will look at sayings like, a cat has nine lives, and why it's considered unlucky for a black cat to cross your path. What about other countries and other stories about cats? Let's take a closer look at the world's most loved feline, the domestic cat. You are listening to Naturalist Kids Podcast, where we bring the stories of nature to life to encourage you in your quest to learn more about this great world. I'm your host, Joy Cherick, and today I'm joined by Elliot, age nine. If you love our podcast and want to see more episodes like this one about cats, please consider supporting us through our Patreon site, patreon.com slash naturalist kids there you will find transcripts nature study lessons and additional resources to go with each episode this is episode four of season one this episode corresponds with nature study hacking mammals nature study hacking teaches families how to get outside and use a nature journal head over to naturestudyhacking.com to learn more Let us consider for a moment what a cat is like. Maybe you will say things like quiet, stately, particular, cuddly, a trickster, or a menace. But why is this? Where do we get these ideas from? There are many stories about cats. Puss in Boots helped his master out of very poor conditions and through much cleverness and cunning, won him the hand of a fair princess in a palace of his own. Japanese folklore has Maneki Neko, or the beckoning cat. 
This is a common Japanese figurine, which is often believed to bring good luck to the owner. The figurine depicts a cat, traditionally a calico Japanese bobtail, with a paw raised in a Japanese beckoning or welcoming gesture. If the right hand is raised, it means welcome. If the left hand is raised, it means money will come to you. The Chinese proverb, written by China's Tang Dynasty author Duan Changshi, wrote, "If a cat raises its paw over the ears and washes its face, then patrons will come." In *The White Cat*, a popular French fairy tale, the three sons of a king are sent upon a series of quests. The youngest son meets a lovely white cat, the queen of an enchanted castle. Filled with cat servants and courtiers, she helps the prince with his tasks, and over time he falls in love with her. You'll have to read the tale to find out how it ends. What other tales are you familiar with? What about Garfield, the comic strip cat, or Disney's Aristocats? Have you ever listened to the music from the Cats musical? There are so many ways we have worked cats into stories. I knew a beautiful calico barn cat when I was 16 years old. At that time, I worked on Saturdays at a horse farm. We lived in Florida, where there were several working farms mixed into the suburbs where we lived. It was my job to feed the horses in the morning before the lessons began, and the children came to ride and care for their horses on their day off from school. Then me and another friend would spend the afternoon cleaning out the stalls and prepping the barn for the week ahead. I remember the mornings were always peaceful in the barn before the hustle and bustle. The animals were always happy to see me, excited to get their morning meal. I always could depend on a sweet cat named Marble to follow me through the chores. Her name was Marble because she was mostly white with gray and orange patches. She looked marbled. She usually greeted me in the feed room. I would open up and check my morning list. Once Marble heard the feed being sorted into the buckets, she started to make her way over to me. I loaded up. The large double wheel wheelbarrow with the bags of feed and made my way into the aisle where the horses were waiting in their stalls. It took me an hour to feed, hay, and water forty horses. Marble would follow me along my entire route. Sometimes she would rub up against my legs for a pat. Sometimes she would walk along the trunks in front of each of the horses' stalls. She was good company for the hour-long feeding. Do you have any cats that live nearby? Do you have a pet cat? Here are some questions to consider and discuss with your family about the wonderful, mysterious cat. There are two great classes to which cats belong: the long-haired and the short-haired. In which class would you place your cat, or perhaps the cats that live in your neighborhood? Here's the second question. Is your cat friendly with the members of your family? If not, what do you think you can do to make her feel happy when people are about? 
question number three. Notice whether she likes to do the same things each day. Question number four. How does her tongue feel when she licks your hand? And what do you feed your cat? Question number five. Notice how she uses her paws and tongue when she cleans herself. Why does she keep herself clean? And here's our last question. How do cats defend themselves against dogs? Here's a little more information about cats that we discovered and would love to share with you. A male cat is called a tom or tomcat or a gib if he's neutered. An unspayed female cat is called a queen, especially in a cat breeding context. A juvenile cat is referred to as a kitten. A group of cats can be referred to as a clouder or a glaring. What sort of food does the cat like to eat? Cats are carnivores. They only eat meat. When left on their own, they will eat mice, birds, and voles. They are most known for their mouse-catching skills. When is a cat more active? Cats can hunt at night because they have excellent eyesight for seeing in the dark. Look at the cat's eyes in the daylight, and you will see that the black part, or the pupil, is a sliver allowing a small amount of light in. But look at their eyes in the dark room or at night, and you will notice that the pupils are large and round, allowing more light in, thus allowing them to see well at night. Now the next question is, cats and humans have lived together for a long time. Elliot, what is your favorite sort of cat? I like lions because their manes say, I'm tougher than you. And I like cheetahs because they can run 70 miles per hour. And I like to run. We have a riddle for you. How do you spell mousetrap with only three letters? We'll share the answer at the end. We love exploring animal folklore. When it comes to the cat, there are more tales than we have time to recount to you. From China to the United States, many cultures have made tales about the cat. Some are funny, and some are spooky. Two tales stuck out to us as popping up most in our culture and life, the black cat, and the idea that a cat has nine lives. Let's look at the first one the black cat. The origins of this folktale may have its roots in Egypt. As our opening story indicated, they were welcome in the palace of Pharaoh. At that time, cats were worshipped and celebrated. It was even a crime, punishable by the death penalty, to harm a cat. Cats were even buried and mummified with their departed masters. But the real fear of the cat can be seen in medieval times. During that time, 
Witches were thought to be able to turn themselves into black cats. This is where the association with Halloween originated. The color black at that time had many superstitions related to it, from scary things of the night to an association with death. So while a black cat crossing your path was thought to bring bad luck in Europe and some parts of the United States, some think that to have a pure white cat cross your path brings good luck. As Christians, we know the truth, that there is a spiritual battle at hand, and that in the end, God wins. We can rest in his goodness and walk in his light. All right, now let's take a look at the saying that a cat has nine lives. If you've ever lived with or around cats or watched them jump from high places and land safely or get run over and come out all right, you understand this truth. The first recorded reference to this tale was written down sometime around 300 years before Christ. That's 2,300 years ago. An author of Indian folk fables named Bidpai wrote, It has been the providence of nature to give this creature nine lives instead of one. This tale was passed on from one generation to the next until it showed up in our beloved Shakespeare. Here is an excerpt from Romeo and Juliet. Tybalt, what wouldst thou have with me? Mercutio, good king of cats, nothing but one of your nine lives. I love knowing a little bit more about where these sayings come from. Thanks for diving into the past with me. The Cat of Cats by William Bright Rands I am the Cat of Cats. I am the everlasting cat, cunning and old and sleek as jam. The everlasting cat. I hunt vermin in the night. The everlasting cat. For I see best without light. The everlasting cat. And the answer to our riddle, are you ready? How do you spell mousetrap with only three letters? C-A-T. Thanks so much for listening today. In our next episode, we will explore the world of foxes. We will leave you with this quote. Nature will bear the closest inspection. She invites us to lay our eye level with her smallest leaf and take an insect view of its plane. That is by Henry David Thoreau, 1817 to 1862. Thanks so much for listening.